Welcome back to Prince in the Pot. This is your host, Sam Prince. And with me today is NFL Network on-air talent, co-host of Split Ends, born and raised Philly native, Colleen Wolf. Give a hand for Colleen. What is up? So what an honor to be on the show. This is a thrill. I am in my car right now, but that does not, don't read into that at all. I'm just out running errands and maximizing my time. So I pulled over just to do this pod. That is appreciated, Colleen. That, that's just awesome. So Colleen, a lot of people don't know this about you, but you, your intention wasn't to go into TV, was to actually go to art school. And you studied art at Drexel. How did going into TV and had it from art school to NFL Network have? Because that's one of the weirdest turnarounds I've ever heard about. I know. I know. It's very strange. Not a ton of overlap there. I had no intention of going into sports. And I actually was planning on going to art school for college. And I sent my portfolio all over the place and was going to either do graphic design or illustration or something like that. And when I got to Drexel, they, because I didn't apply directly to the art school, they were like, all right, you got to do like a year of something else. So just take communications and like, then you can reapply to the art school. So I did a year of communications and at Drexel, you go to school for six months and then you work for six months. So you do a co-op program. And I did the communications for a year and I was like, this is kind of great. I like it a lot. And then when it came time to do my internship, I was like, I might as well, I had a family friend that worked at a radio station. And so I thought that it sounded like a really fun experience to work at a radio station. It just so happened that the radio station was a sports talk radio station in Philly. It was WIP and it has a massive morning show. It's like the main morning show in Philly for sports talk. And I walked in and it was such a circus. And I had such a blast and I knew from like the minute I walked in the door that that's what I wanted to do. I couldn't believe that people got paid for it. It's crazy that people like you get paid to talk about sports and hopefully I'll be there very soon. Colleen, you know, you were introduced for radio in Philly. And then how do you get to NFL Network? Because, you know, you had a pretty unique story. You know, you went from a wedding photographer and videographer making wedding videos to NFL Network. Again, how does that happen? That's I know. Okay, so it is <laughs> a very uh, circuitous route that I took to get here. I was working in Philadelphia for a while, and I basically, uh, like, I was doing internships everywhere I could, which I highly recommend to anyone that wants to get into this industry to do any and all internships. It stinks because a lot of them are unpaid, and that's and it's tough, but. I was going to school full-time. I ended up working full-time. I got a job at like one of my internships. They offered me a job while I was still in school. So I was just hustling as much as possible and doing anything I could. Nothing was on the air, but I was taking every job possible that had to do with production. So I was at the radio station. I was at, I started working in TV, doing all sorts of stuff. I was building graphics. I was building cameras. I was building shows. I was anything that I could learn. I was like a sponge. And so 
that really helped me in the long run because I feel like it, it gave me just such a, a wider perspective of all of the things that go into making a show, whether it's in radio or television and all of the different responsibilities. And it helped me realize all, all of like the effort that's going into it and how everything gets made. And I think that it just made me so much better when I finally got the opportunity to be on camera because I had done most of the jobs that everyone I was working with were doing. And so I had that perspective and I knew what was feasible to ask for and when I needed to ask for it by just so I wasn't messing anyone else up. And it just kind of really helped me. But I was for a while working at the local Fox affiliate in Philadelphia doing nights and weekends sports. And I did that for about three years. And that was like my first on air, like official job. And I kind of felt like I wasn't go, I couldn't, I didn't have anywhere else to grow or advance where I was. And so I was going to quit TV altogether and I was over it. And I said to myself, like at the beginning of January, uh, everyone was doing their new year's resolutions. And so I said, I'm not happy where I am right now in my career and my life. So I need to make some changes. And if I'm not in a better place, whether that's at the company that I'm at now or at a totally different place altogether, and if, if I'm not somewhere by different by December 31st of this year, then I'm out. And so I just assumed that I wasn't going to be somewhere else. So I just started my next plan, my plan B. And that was to start my own company with one of the photographers that I worked with at Fox 29. And we started our own wedding videography company and we were making wedding videos. And that was just like a way to make money at the beginning. And then we were going to build it out and make documentaries. But we end, I ended up doing like five weddings with him and it was really fun and I liked it, but out of nowhere, I got an audition at NFL network and I thought that there was no way in hell that they were going to hire me. And I took it as just an opportunity to get a free trip to Los Angeles. And I had never been there before. So my husband uh, was like, why don't you come out with me? Cause he had never been either. And so we were like, cool, free trip. And I'll do this audition, whatever. And we rented a car and we drove all along the coast and saw everything. And then I did the audition and I thought I bombed it. I texted my husband afterwards and was like, well, that was terrible. Like, let's go to the beach and let's get the hell out of here. And then I ended up getting the job and I still, I was like, are you sure that this was not a clerical error of some sort? Because that audition was horrendous. I thought it was. But I also am like, I have really high standards for myself. Um, and so I guess it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. And the rest was history. So I had to tell my business partner that we couldn't have a business anymore. And I was moving to Los Angeles. <laughs> Colleen, that's a crazy story. Colleen, I hope your business partner was okay with that and supportive of that. Oh, yeah. Like we, we, for a little while continued on and he was doing everything on his own but then it just became too much and so it, he was cool with it like we were still friends but it was just like what a what a weird simulation that would have been if I went in that direction if NFL didn't call me then I would be who knows I'd be making documentaries right now <laughs> so how did they find you did you submit a portfolio or anything or did you submit your wedding videos or like did you want to sell no. network <laughs> Do you do one of their weddings? 
I had, um, at the time I had an agent who I get, who actually represented Will Selva. And so he sent my reel of all of my stuff that I had been doing at the, at Fox 29 and some of the other like things that I had worked on. And he just sent it to them and they saw it and they were like, cool, come on out for an audition. So, and it was even like, I only got a one-year contract when I was hired and that's very much just like a flyer. So I was kind of like an undrafted free agent. I came in and there, it was like for this new digital product that nobody really knew what it was. And so it was very experimental. So I was like, my husband and I had just bought our first house in Philadelphia and like emptied out our bank accounts to buy it. And then we got, cause I was like, I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be living here and making wedding videos and documentaries and let's buy a house and put some roots down. So we had just bought this house and NFL had only offered a one-year deal. And so he was like, you know, we talked about it and it was like, all right, let's, I'm just going to go out there and try it for a year. And he stayed on the East coast at the house because he also had a job in media and he also had his own show. And so we were kind of like, let's just see what happens this year. So I ended up moving to Los Angeles and moving in with my best friend uh, who ended up getting a job the same week I did. So she moved from Chicago and I moved from Philly. And then we both lived in Santa Monica at a place. It was kind of (laughs) crazy. Colleen, that story, I think things are just written on the wall. It's meant to be in speaking at Will Silva. I was on Good Morning Football the other day this past I saw. Thank you. Great job. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, speaking of Will, he was on and we spoke a little bit. Good morning, football. Co, you're hosting on the weekends. What's that like doing on the weekends? Because Good Morning Football is my favorite show on NFL Network. I try to watch it as much as I can. Unfortunately, I'm in school in the morning, so I have to record them and then just watch it and then DVR it, unfortunately. But, you know, I got to do what I got to do amazing that you do that um I first of all you were a natural obviously on the show and I loved it I loved when you tossed to Will Selva and uh, all of it was really fun to watch I bet it was a really good time just to be in studio and hang out with all of those guys right so cool yeah and there I mean I yeah those questions were mine you know they gave me a couple to like so they're like you know you can these are some questions to ask but I was like, you know, can I, can I ask these questions? Like, sure. These are much better. You know, you be our producer. <laughs> That's great. So, okay. I have, sorry. I'm turning this around on you real quick. All right. Who let's do this. Who was your favorite? Wait, are we including Sean? Because like. You can include every, anyone, anyone and like everyone that was there. Well, Who's your, who is the from, best? That, that was or that maybe day. like a, maybe like an under the radar person that you were like, oh, I didn't expect them to be this cool, but they were. They were also, I knew they were going to also cool. I didn't expect, like, Trey was the one who helped me get on the show. So I have a lot of bias towards him. So, uh-huh. but somehow I didn't realize, I knew Kay was going to be pretty cool. I didn't think I was going to get that much time to talk to her, but I got a lot of time to talk to her afterwards, which I was really surprised about. Oh, that's so great. I love that. Yeah. And then I was also talking to Kyle a lot. And then I spoke to Sean a lot. And then Peter was just, oh, he just loved, he just, they're all just loved having me on, which felt so good because when I sat in that chair, you know, I don't know if it was you the first time you sat in a TV chair, that chair on Good Morning Football felt so natural. 
because that's my dream show is being good morning football because I got into sports media first started watching them when they were Nate, Ken, yeah. Peter, and Shrags in Times Square. Mm-hmm. So That's right. Crazy. That was like, I think that was their second studio. Their second studio. I forgot where their first one was. Uh, I kind of forget too. I know. I, I watched both. What it looks like, but I, don't I, know. I can picture it in my head. And like, I was just watching some old stuff from like other days because, you know, I was doing some research and all that stuff. But when you do that, that's in New York, in the city where I was at. And then you do, how do you like, because good morning people, it's pretty early for LA time where you are. How does that time difference work for when you guys do on the weekends? The time, the time difference is wild. So before the pandemic, I was doing the show out of Mount Laurel, New Jersey at NFL Films. And so that was a little different because I would fly in and I would actually, before I was doing Thursday night football, I would fly in on Thursdays. So then I could just like like get my body used to the time zone a little bit. And like, I would chill on Friday and prep the show and then do the show. And at the time we were doing a Sunday show too. So then I would do Saturday and Sunday and fly back on Sunday. And that wasn't too bad. And I don't mind flying. And so like that was okay but then once we added in Thursday night football and I was flying on Wednesdays to wherever Thursday night football was and then getting up super early after the late night on Thursday and flying on Friday to Philly and then getting up super early so sometimes I was doing at the time they had me also doing a Monday night post game show out of LA so Every week I was doing like three different shows in three different time zones with three different crews and three different like sets of people. And that was a lot. That was probably a point where I couldn't, I like didn't even know the name of the show that I was on half the time. I was like, what day is it? What, ha- what week is it? I don't know. Like, I'm just here to try and keep everything on track. So that was pretty crazy. And then with the pandemic, everyone doing the shows from home and remotely that that was nice that I didn't have to travel but also I was getting up at like 3 30 in the morning to do like 3 30 or 4 in the morning depending on how much I wanted to push it uh but we would do a call a production call at 5 a.m and then we were like live and up at 6 a.m my time but everybody else on the show was east coast time so they were like up at, and going at 9 a.m which is you know more of a like human thing to do on a Saturday morning so my Saturdays would just be shot because after the show I would just be such a zombie after getting up at 3 30 in the morning and like screaming at a camera for three straight hours and I would wake up and my husband still would be like sleeping <laughs> that's crazy so you go to a stadium for Thursday night football when you did that that was awesome when you guys would do that for NFL yeah I loved it and then you would go to Matt Laurel. I actually recently found out that you did that a couple of weeks ago, but I was watching something that Mike was saying that, oh, Colleen would do these, uh, would do would shoot from Matt Laurel. I was like, what? I always thought you would just home on a green screen because you were in a box, just always thought, you know, you're on a green screen. So I was like, what? That was like, no. Whoa. I was like, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. Um, like last year, I, because of Thursday Night Football, like I, wanted to kind of minimize the time the travel and the time zone craziness so 
if Thursday night football was on the East coast, then I would go to NFL films and do like the show It looked remote still, but I was at films. And then if the, if TNF was West coast, like Seahawks or Rams or anything like that, then I would just do it from home. So that kind of helped a little bit too, but also my family is in Philadelphia. And so it was always convenient and nice that I had a reason and an excuse to get, to get over there. So I could see them. So I would like stay and have lunch with them. So it was nice. It was fun. That is, that's really cool that you guys see your family. And so when you would travel from Thursday Night Football, what's your favorite stadium that you've seen? Not counting the length because you know, you're going to have some bias for you. You're wearing a jacket right now. I'm wearing the Giants. So unfortunately, (laughs) I've actually only been to MetLife Stadium for a a game. So I've never seen a non-Giants football game. Oh my God. All right. So there's so many different ways I could go with this because SoFi Stadium is obviously like, it's, it's beautiful. It's brand new. It's like, there's not a bad sight line in the place. Um, so I really do like SoFi, but just in terms of like a football experience, I really love Arrowhead that like seeing a chiefs game and being in can like Kansas city, you pull up to the stadium and it's this gigantic parking lot and it almost like already smells like barbecue when you go there because of like the, the epic tailgate that goes on. And it's so loud. It's true. Like everything that they say about it is true. And the same thing for Seattle. Like I really love going to games there because the stadium is not far from the actual city and the sit like it's, it's pretty close. If I remember, right. I've been to like three games there, so I should know, but a lot of times they start to blend together, but Seattle is one of my favorite ever cities and it has like the best restaurants and really cool stuff. But then the stadium itself is, it's not like, it's not an older stadium. It's sort of like in the newish era. Um, not obviously like SoFi, but it is just, it has this feel to it this electricity when you watch games there that is so different than other places so I really like those I actually went to New Orleans for the first time ever last year and saw a game and I had been really wondering about what it would be like to see a game there I could not believe how cold it was like inside they blast the AC that you're so cold I was shaking and we were on like the field on a desk at like a desk. And I was like, okay, New Orleans, like it's going to be a temperature controlled environment. So no big deal. Like my kneecaps were shaking. I was so cold because they blast the AC in there. Like I did not expect that. Colleen, I'm shocked about that one. And you know, I, I, as I said, only been to MetLife. If there's one stadium that I really want to go to is actually Arrowhead. I am dying to go to a Chiefs game does have to be against the Giants when the Giants are out you know I'm Giants full force everything until they're unfortunately officially eliminated there's no games left you know I root for them if they're 0 and 15 if they're 15 you know I'm sure you like them with the Eagles when the Giants are out I do root for the Chiefs because my favorite player is Patrick Mahomes so I root for him and you know I really always wanted to go to a Chiefs game you know what do you think has a little better atmosphere? The Chiefs games or 12th man? Oh, all right. I'm thinking about this. I don't know. You know, 
there's something about Arrowhead that I just keep going back to. And as much as I love Seattle as a city, and I really do love that stadium, there is something really special about Arrowhead that is just different. And also Kansas city is underrated as like a fun little cute city too. Like it's, and I don't mean like that in a disparaging way. It's just like really charming. And I liked it a lot when I went, you just don't want to go when it's like December. If you can get there earlier in the season, that's, that's the sweet spot. But yeah, those those two stadiums are really great. You know, I've never been to see a Bills game in Buffalo and that was always on my list and I still haven't had a chance and I'm still trying to convince the bosses to somehow get me there at some point because I've been to, I think almost every other stadium or close to it, but the Bills stadium, that's the one that has eluded me so far. That's crazy. I mean, look, Bills Mafia, they're definitely up there. So, Conlane, you've done so many amazing things at NFL Network. What were some of the challenges that you faced along the way of being a woman? Um, I think that, but it's tough because it's like, I don't know what it's like to be a man. So, it's like, I've just been doing this job and trying to figure it out as I go. And I think that it's gotten better in terms of representation um, and just like having more women around me because I think that in the beginning and not not necessarily at NFL Network but just like when I first got into sports like having a mentor and having someone that I could kind of like go to and speak to confidentially about stuff there weren't a lot of women that I could go to and sometimes women because there are just so few positions and it is so competitive, it can be a not welcoming environment sometimes. So I've actually really seen that change a lot. And I have always made it like a number one priority to try and like foster a good environment for the women I work with. And I try and get close with them and be friends with them and support them and champion them because otherwise it can, it just, it's tough because you're going through the same things and you can relate to each other on a different level because there are different expectations for men and women. And that's just like a societal thing in general, but it obviously happens in sports too. So I think that things have changed. um, And it was tough. It felt like in the beginning, when I first got into sports that I just constantly had to prove myself and maybe, and and that is true for everyone, but maybe more so as a woman to prove that I was there because I understood the game and I liked the game and I wasn't just there to like smile and bat my eyelashes at a camera. Well, Colleen, I think you proved anyone that's told you that you couldn't do it. I think you're doing a pretty good job to say the least. <laughs> Thank you. All right, Colleen, last night, at the time recording, we had the schedule release. And how early do you guys know the schedule? Oh my God, Sam. This is like one of the things that when I first started working at the network and I first had to start working on schedule release shows, this thing is like guarded with lock and key and you can't, and, and you can't get your hands on the schedule even 
though you have to do a show about it. And so you will finally get the schedule. Like this was in the beginning before I like started to know people and know who to ask and like people kind of give it to you on the side, but they're not supposed to. And it's like, how am I supposed to do a show on something that I don't know what it's about? I don't know. How? And also it's like, when you get the schedule, it's just a giant grid. And so then if you only have two hours before your show and you're just staring at a grid and you're trying to like extrapolate, like, okay, who has extra rest here and there? And it's like, just like a beautiful mind. You're just like kind of like drawing things all over the place, circles and trying to figure it out. So now um, I'll get it like the, I'll usually get it like the morning of a show and I can have a little bit of time like looking over it, but they're, it's really, really, um precious to them and they don't want it to get out and it is very like you if you basically are told you know if you leak this like you're gonna that's it for you and so it it's like mafioso a little bit the way that they guard the schedule but we got it and here we are so now at least we know when the games will be played yes we know the games will be played there's been a there was a lot of scheduled leaks on twitter you know I try not to believe any of the leagues because I saw that one time that the Giants were going to play week one against the Vikings in Minnesota, and then they wind up playing Tennessee in Nashville week one. So you never really know what to believe, so I only believe it when it comes out. So I never believe those. That's smart, because I was looking at some of the leaks yesterday on Twitter, and I had the schedule in my hand, and I was like, that's not right. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. But I can't say it because we're not even allowed to let people know that we have the schedule if we have the schedule. Like, I got in trouble being like, I have the schedule in my hand one year. Like, that's just not allowed. (laughs) (laughs) And which games are you most excited about not counting any Eagles games? And for me, I won't count any Giants games, so you go first. Okay, perfect. So let's see. I wrote down some notes about this. Um, First of all, like just starting with week one, I'm super excited about the kickoff game. Like that's going to be awesome. Bills Rams. That's going to be so good. You have Von Miller now with Buffalo. Not like he was with the Rams for a while. He was. I, okay. I mean, he wasn't with them for a while. Sorry to interrupt. Do you think that the Rams would have won last year if it wasn't for Von? I don't know because he provided just like that extra ump for them. And they needed it. They did. That's what they they absolutely did. Okay. So I'm excited about that one. I can't believe that they gave us Broncos at Seahawks, Russell Wilson, revenge week one, right out of the gate in Seattle. Like that is must watch. I thought for sure that they would make us wait a little bit and kind of like give that to us like week four or something like that to build it up. But no. All I thought that was Sunday night football written all over written, written right. you know i thought like you know, russ a home game or two they're giving the broncos a lot of prime time this year yes i don't well the entire afc west i think they have 19 prime time games which is insane i mean the, the afc west is so good and the schedule makers were like let's show it off yeah let's show it off they uh the giants only are playing in two prime time games this year they're playing on Thanksgiving this year, which I'm super excited about. And then they're playing Monday Night Football Week 3 against the Cowboys. Know what game I'm most excited for? Week 4, Chiefs-Bucks. Oh, that's going to be a really good one. I like that one. I'm excited for that one, too. What other games are you excited for? I Yeah, because actually that, that Chiefs-Bucks game 
that's going to be the first time since the Tampa Bay Super Bowl that they'll face each other. Yeah, so crazy. I like that one, but I think the game that I'm most excited about on the entire schedule that's not Eagles related is week six Bills Chiefs. Like that was that's my right? number two. That's my number two. That okay. Last year, like okay, obviously you you've covered the Super Bowl. It's awesome. Last year, the best game of the year, no debate about it, was when the Chiefs beat the Bills in the divisional round. Like that could have been the Super Bowl. The season could have ended from there. That could have been it. That was honestly that was the that was the best game I've ever seen. Yes. Like just full stop. It was so entertaining. I had people at my house who aren't even football fans and they were screaming. They were on the edge of the couch screaming. Like so everyone was invested in that game. It was like I've never I've never witnessed football drama like that in my life. And of course, like Eagles games, like the Eagles Super Bowl, like that's always going to be up there as like my favorite game and games that like really mean something to me. But that Bills game was bar none the best football game I've ever seen in my entire life. You know, Colleen, I couldn't agree with you more about that, you know, except the Eagles part, you know, I, I really didn't like that part right there. <laughs> but number one was number one game. I probably pure game I have ever watched was that game that game yeah you had high else? Do you have any others oh sorry of uh, my favorite games or games i'm looking forward to this year games games you're looking forward to i, I i'm gonna go early in the schedule again i know this is like the nfl the schedule you're giving us all the good games week one are you going week three i'm going week two. Oh, what is it i'm going chargers at chiefs Oh, that's good. That's a good one. I like that. Last year, you guys got the cover. The second game, second best game of the year was when the Chiefs came back to beat the Chargers in LA in overtime, which was crazy. Yeah, that was so good. That game was, that was actually another like wild game because the, the, overtime alone in that game was like a separate game in of itself. Like, just Travis Kelsey went wild in that game. Yeah, tra- okay, look, Travis Kelsey's best tight end in the game. I think we can all agree on that, can we? Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Because there's a lot to be. Darren Waller's pretty good, though, too. Mark Andrews, he's going to be up there. Kay said on the show that she thinks that the Ravens are going to be that dark horse team that goes to somehow make Super Bowl run. I'm telling you this. I don't think they're going to be a dark horse team, the Ravens. I think they're going to go and win the AFC North. And my early MVP prediction is that Lamar Jackson is going to win it. Who is your team that's going to make some run, like the Bengals run, and win the MVP? It doesn't have to be the same. You know, like, I wish I wish you didn't tell me that the Ravens were just, like, the team that were predicted because that's honestly, like, my bounce-back candidate of the year just strictly because all of the injuries that they had last year, like they lost their top three running backs basically before the season even began. Like they are getting pieces back and then they also brought in more talent too. That's a tough division, obviously with uh, the Bengals now being like a top tier talented team. But I think that the Ravens could be really good. I I'm, 
I don't know. I'm just like thinking like spitballing in my head. Like I, I'm not, I guess like the Broncos will be really good with Russell Wilson like, too. I don't know with, with Russell, because like, like if you want to talk about AFC West, I mean, look, the whole NFL you're, it's, we're just going to talk about the AFC West. I'm sure you're talking about it thousands of more times, Colleen. Yeah, but yeah. I, I think the Chiefs, it's going to go Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, Raiders. That seems about right. But it's also like they're going to be, they're all, they could be so close. Like it could yeah. be the closest and the best division, I think, in football. I, but I agree. I just don't, It's kind of a toss-up. It's a toss-up. I don't, I can't give the Chargers because I am not a big Brandon Staley fan. Oh. I just feel like he's a good, really good defensive coordinator. I just feel like, look, analytics are great. I'm a big analytics guy when it comes to draft. But you got to play the game football. They should have beat the Chiefs that game. If we look back, and yeah. he went for those two-point conversions. It didn't work out. So for me, they're the team I'm not loving. But back to your question with who's that sleeper pick, I'm going to go with the Vikings. I'm a big fan of Minnesota this year. Yeah. The, and yeah. the Vikings are always like, they always, I feel like have this weird aura around them where like things just like never work out for them. But I love the, all like the whole new regime that they I brought in. I feel like that's exactly what they needed. They needed to like go around the facility and burn some sage and just start over. <laughs> yeah. I, I really like that. But you know, I, I just don't know, you know, this is a wild season, but if you had to make a, a prediction, Colleen, who's the team where, that's going to disappoint. Cowboys. <laughs> well, okay. Okay. It's not like a, that's an obvious. We all know the Cowboys are going to lose the first round of playoffs. And all their fans true, are like, true. but this was our year. No, next year. We are winning the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. So team that will disappoint. Um, I don't know what the Browns are going to be. Um. Like, I just don't know what the deal is going to be with Deshaun Watson and if he ends up getting, like, suspended at all and how the Baker Mayfield situation is going to play out. So that's, like, one team that I'm just, like, monitoring for disappointment levels. Um, But then, I don't know, I'm – I just always feel like the Eagles are going to disappoint me. I'm not saying that that's my official pick for this question, but I'm just always bracing for disappointment as an Eagles fan in general, as like a Philadelphia sports fan, like with the Sixers just getting bounced from the playoffs. I am just like always bracing for disappointment. Yeah, I was pretty happy last night when the, when the Sixers <laughs> lost. I'm a Nets fan, so uh, it really wasn't a too good first round. Losing 4-0 to the Celtics, who I absolutely despise no i don't really well we're lined on i despise yeah i just just despise them they're i just yeah the Celtics. but you know a team to disappoint i'm gonna stick i'm gonna go the afc on this one i'm gonna talk about the tennessee titans here you lost yeah you gave up the most sacks in individual round so you and you still lost nine got nine 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 sacks you let up and like nine sacks and you lost the game you know, Ryan Tannehill, I don't think he's starting. Three the turnovers he had in that game. Three turnovers. They draft Malik Willis. I think Malik is going to start for the Titans around week eight, week nine. I don't think Ryan Tannehill makes it through that season. I think, I just don't think there's set up for a good culture. They traded A.J. Brown to your Eagles, and they drafted Traylon Burks. They're trying to really follow the Minnesota-Buffalo trade where Buffalo benefited from Stefan Diggs, and then 
the Vikings got, obviously they got Justin Jefferson, which that was a fantastic trade for both sides. Yeah. They're trying to do that Burks to Jefferson. I don't know how it's going to turn out for them, but I'm just not buying it. And their defense, I don't know who's going to cover any wide receiver in that division or in the league because they're going to have to play the Chiefs, the Bills, mm-hmm. rest the AFC South. They're also going to have to play the Bengals, which are you high? Are you, we think the Bengals are going to have a Super Bowl hangover here. What do we think here? I don't know. I don't think so. I think the Bengals are still going to be good. I don't know if they'll be as good as they were, but I think that it's a team that's filled with talent and especially with everything that they did and the offensive line, that's only going to help. It's only going to make Joe Burrow better. Like Joe Burrow with time. That's like something we have never seen before. We've only see him just constantly under duress. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, the line was terrible last year. They got Collins, you know, they've improved it much better just with Collins alone. Look, yeah, year you Burrow. see, he went like he left the Cowboys and just immediately went and got a Bengals tattoo. That was so. F- and Colleen, thank you so much for coming on Prince on the Pod today. Really appreciate. It. And this is your host, Sam Prince. <laughs> <laughs>